the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. Tuesday, January 3rd, 2022. I hope you all had a good holiday and New Year. Happy New Year. I think we can. You know, it dawns on me. Um, we we may have made an error here, but it went unnoticed unless unless there was feedback I didn't catch. I don't think we shifted our um, our bumper music to uh, holiday themed Christmas music or anything like that. It, this might be the first year we didn't. And I. Oh, it was no error? Were you experimenting? Were you doing a double-blind test? But but we did it the year before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Did we not? I, uh, <laughs> okay, well, apologies, <laughs> I guess. No one seemed to be bothered by it. Maybe everyone else was surfeited with it. But in any event, uh, we missed the window, and... Um, there it is. Okay, so uh, starting off the show with an apology. Let me give the phone number out too: six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero six zero two fifty eighty nine sixty. I would love your take on what is going on in Washington D.C. with the House of Representatives. I have uh, I have read as much as I can on this fight uh, for the speakership and this uh, antipathy and antagonism towards Kevin McCarthy. Uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll just say a few words off the top. Uh, this should have been a day of strong Republican messaging and leadership, as far as I'm concerned. This should have been a day where Kevin McCarthy was fairly seamlessly uh, selected as a Speaker of the House uh, by the caucus, which voted for him a month ago as a caucus vote, and um, having him give a very strong speech and getting down to uh, the business of investigations, the big, the business of stopping uh, the funding of bad legislation, the vi- the business of uh, promoting good legislation. And um, it could have been a one-two hit uh, with the additional fantastically uh, articulate inaugural address, second inaugural address delivered by Ron DeSantis as the incumbent uh, in, in uh, Florida as, the, as his second inauguration uh, took place in Florida today. That would have been a good day for Republicans. Um, but something about one of my favorite uh, quotes of late uh, seems to keep ringing in my ears. This is why we can't have nice things. I would love to know your take on it. And no, no, ma- no major arguments uh, if you want. If you have a different perspective than I do, but I don't understand the merits of the fight uh, that is taking place right now and making the Republican Party look simply silly. Um, Michael Moore, who I don't take a lot of cues from and don't take too terribly seriously, uh, just tweeted this, and I think he might have some kind of point that is reverberating, uh, certainly uh, throughout the rest of the media and anyone who's just vaguely paying attention. He just tweeted, for nearly two months, the media has been announcing that the Republicans were now going to get control of the House. This is what having things under control looks like. This is their victory lap. This is how they're going to get things done. Um, yeah, I, I I don't see any other way to read it. Uh, from best I can tell, 
the America First or the MAGA or even the Freedom Caucus agenda um, and voter and elected representatives are all over the place on this. The majority of the Freedom Caucus has voted to support uh, Kevin McCarthy. So it's not about a Freedom Caucus thing. Uh, Steve Scalise has endorsed McCarthy. Jim Jordan has endorsed McCarthy. Donald Trump has endorsed McCarthy. Um, would I have preferred Jim Jordan? I've been saying it for months. I've, I'd have preferred Jim Jordan as speaker. I, I just think he's he's a more impactful and more articulate uh, legislator and spokesman for our cause. But Jim Jordan said he didn't want it. Um, Jim Jordan said he was supporting Kevin McCarthy. He wanted to run the the, uh, Judiciary Committee. Mark Levin has this thread on Twitter. There are 44 members of the Freedom Caucus. 25 voted for McCarthy, including Jim Jordan. 19 voted for Jordan in the second round, even though he nominated McCarthy and voted for McCarthy and is not seeking the speakership. Jordan was nominated by Matt Gates, who was Paul Ryan's biggest cheerleader early on. So they appear to be playing a game of attrition, and it will only tick off more conservatives around the country. If you believe this is about principle, for the most of these 19, it is not. Mark Levin continues. Mark Levin continues. In their last meeting with McCarthy, three Freedom Caucus members with whom I spoke said it was pretty ugly. Certain members were trying to use their votes to blackmail McCarthy for committee or subcommittee chairmanships. Some wanted veto power over other members of committees. Some wanted to control certain policy areas involving, for example, which legal cases the GOP majority should be involved in. And the list goes on. When you look at the rules changes already agreed to, these 19 members should declare victory and move on. They leave McCarthy vulnerable to removal should he go rogue. Yet it is they who've gone rogue. Why? As I told you before I left a few weeks ago, the Democrats are now talking to the rhinos about some kind of coalition government where a rhino would become speaker and presumably most of the rules the Democrats have used under Pelosi would remain. As for these 19 members, are they more solid conservatives than Jordan, Banks, Donalds, Massey, McClintock, Palmer, Mooney, etc.? No. In fact, most of them are utterly unknown backbenchers. One of the original five, Good of Virginia, took $2 million from McCarthy's fund to get reelected. Others among the 19 took huge sums as well. Um, this That's Mark Levin. I, 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 I don't disagree with the thing he says. He is, I think, speaking for me, as best I can tell, unless I am missing something. If I am missing something, or if you have a different view of this, please do let me know. Again, 602-508-0960. But there's something about this Republican Party I would like to not have look continually foolish uh, and continually unable to govern. And if McCarthy ultimately does prevail, I have no I, I have no guarantee that he will. But if he does prevail, he will prevail now with as a weakened speaker of the House, as a highly weakened speaker of the House, as a highly weakened Republican speaker of the House. Is this what Republicans wanted? Is this what conservatives wanted? Is this a good idea for our caucus? Now, <clears throat> excuse me, some people are suggesting that McCarthy read the tea leaves or read the better than tea leaves, read the, read the black coffee um, on the on the lips of the cup, coffee cup and pull out. Well, please understand and think this through a little bit. There are only McCarthy voters, too. So whoever if McCarthy were to do that, uh, you know, in deference to these 19 Republicans, 
there's no guarantee that their guy's going to get it. There's no guarantee at all that their guy's going to get it. They're going to be resentful. The McCarthy crowd is going to be resentful of those 19. So this, if McCarthy does bow out, could very well keep going and going and going. And as David Schweikert reminded us here about three weeks ago, every day the Republicans do not have a Speaker of the House. One of two things could happen. The situation Mark Levin described, which I have seen talked about elsewhere, could come about where the Democrats work with a with a uh, with a moderate part of the caucus and get a moderate Republican speaker that will work with them and make concessions to the Democrats. And then you will have someone who does not have a 100 percent conservative voting record like Kevin McCarthy. Is that going to make us happy? The other the other thing that is true as of now and will be true for seemingly uh, the foreseeable future, so long as we do not nominate our Speaker of the House, is that there is a Speaker of the House. The House is not speakerless right now. The Speaker of the House is Nancy Pelosi, and she will remain so until we get our act together. We have now extended at least by a day. The speakership of Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, a day lost. Okay, we can make up for a day, I suppose. I mean, I'm not that concerned about, okay, so we didn't get to it today. But it's a day given to them. This is not how you win any sport. You don't let the other team score runs on you if you don't have to. You don't let the other team run touchdowns on you if you don't have to. You don't let the other team sink balls against you if you don't have to. And we just did that today. We did that today. It's 6.15 in Washington, D.C. No, I'm sorry. It's 5.15 in Washington, D.C. This is not going to be resolved by 6.15 in Washington, D.C. And the headlines tomorrow will probably be all about Republican chaos. Hell of a way to take a win. That's my view, but I, I'm open to yours. I truly am. If I'm missing something, let me know. 602-508-0960. Love to hear from you. On that, or really anything else, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 602 508 Nine six zero ones on the way. That's Martina McBride's version. Uh, for those of you living uh, listening on the podcast, uh, we came in uh, with ones on the way. Written by Shel Silverstein. Interesting, um, interesting cat. Uh, famously, uh, the author of a popular children's book, The Giving Tree. Really, a children's and adults book. But he also wrote a lot of music, and uh, that was uh, that was one of them. He also wrote um, a boy named Sue. For Johnny Cash. Uh, anyway, okay. Um, if you have a different point of view than I do on McCarthy, let me know. But I think we look really bad. Uh, I, I did an end of the year. I think I mentioned this before we took our break, uh, our, our New Year's Eve break, our New Year's break. I did a uh, an hour interview with uh, Bill Bennett on his podcast, kind of doing a 2022 year in review. And that is up now for those of you that want it. Maybe I'll play an excerpt of it later. TheBillBennettShow.com, TheBillBennettShow.com. Uh, we reviewed uh, 
the last year. I, you know, I need to get them on. Um, we had an interesting discussion about whether this country's in in a worse in a worse place than it's ever been since uh, since World War Two. And um, he used. I told him that I didn't think so because he used to teach me or tell his audiences, including me, that he thought nothing was ever worse than 1968. He called that in his uh, book, The Last Best Hope, Annus Horribilis, um, horrible year, basically, from Latin. Um, and you think about 68, I mean, there were riots, the Vietnam War, uh, the country may have been coming apart, two massive assassinations with Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy. I can't imagine those kinds of stressors he thinks um, he thinks it's it's possibly or potentially worse today, and I, I need to get him on because he was really interviewing me more than I him. But I, I I'd like to think of, I'd like to think through with him why 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 he says that. I could make the case, um, I, I I could make the case that things are worse today than other years. I still think 1968's about as bad as it could get since since World War II. Um, as a year, as as a year, um, people were talking about. They had different theses, you know, the McCarthy. Or I was, I, I was thinking about the McCarthy stuff, and I don't think it comes close to where we are now. And the reason it doesn't come close to where we are now is, even if you listen to liberal or left wing historians vent about the Joe McCarthy anti communist era. Um, there, first of all, you know, name me how that hasn't been done in reverse for the last 20 years rather than for the course of three or four years, how, how, how McCarthyism hasn't stalked conservatives for the last 20 years, whether we're talking Hollywood, whether we're talking media, whether we're talking, uh, job advancement, whether we're talking uh, freedom of speech, whether we're talking college campuses, whether we're talking the ability to even even argue with a professor or bring in a conservative speaker on a campus. I mean, none of those things were actually true during the McCarthy era. But more importantly, the media was checked, was checking on McCarthy. The media was a check on McCarthy. McCarthy was a uh, was a fool in the eyes of the media, and they said so. And he was brought down by the media. Uh, whereas today the media is the handmaiden of the new McCarthyism, new McCarthyism, which goes after conservatives. So we don't really have we don't even have we don't even really have the ballast to the new McCarthyism. So as bad as you think McCarthyism might have been in the 1950s for a few years, there was a check on it here. There's no there's hardly any check at all, hardly any check at all. And if you think it, you know, it's going to come from a reinvigorated Republican Party, which is what I was hoping would start here with uh, with 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 today's speakership of Kevin McCarthy. Well, that's been delayed and it's not been delayed by the left. It's not been delayed by the liberals. It's not been delayed by the media. It's been delayed by some enfants Tareeb in the uh, Republican Party. And it's not even the conservative movement. It's not. It's some of them are conservatives. Some aren't. I mean, you know, you just you look at at, at what their end game is, and 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 you have to wonder. Uh, they want more concess. He has given an awful lot of concessions. None of them ideological. This is all about uh, processes, and it's all about personal peak and personal interest. I um. 
I don't know. This may be the first time uh, that uh, I've ever played audio of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, she's a supporter of uh, Kevin McCarthy's, but she was going at it pretty hard today. That's what I found out in there. I'm furious. Well, let me tell you something. While the conservatives that the base supports and believes in, let me let me remind everyone, they're not perfect either. Scott Perry, before his general election, refused to vote uh, against the bill that was all about the gay marriage bill. He didn't, but he, he refused to vote against it. He voted for it. Then when it came back around after his election, he was able to vote against it. Conservatives would not like that. Let me remind every, everyone this. Matt Gates, who has compared Kevin McCarthy to Paul Ryan, my friend Matt Gates, he supported Paul Ryan almost more than anyone. It's still on his social media. As a matter of fact, his first vote in Congress was for Paul Ryan as speaker. And then he cheered him on for nearly a year and a half or more when people like me were at home furious at Paul Ryan's speakership because it wasn't passing the MAGA agenda that we all supported. Chip Roy, he refused to object on January 6th. That's not what our base wanted. He also set out the vote for the January 6th committee. There's many more. Bob Good, $2 million from Kevin McCarthy to get elected. Lauren Boebert, under $2 million from Kevin McCarthy to get elected. She goes on, um, and in a previous statement of uh, anger, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, was making the point that she asked for zero things from Kevin McCarthy while she watched these people, Gates uh, and others, who are opposing him, ask for concessions. She asked for none. So, you know, if you thought that the check on the new McCarthyism, if you thought that the check on the new world order of leftism in this country that has uh, encrusted and uh, burnt itself, seemingly burnt itself into amber into our American polity or or to our politics generally, if you thought it was going to get a check from the conservative movement, the Republican Party, um, today you were sorely disappointed. Today, today we are all sorely disappointed. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, and Nancy Pelosi will be the Speaker of the House for yet another day. Again, if it is Kevin McCarthy, he will become the Speaker under a very, very weakened and much more anemic circumstance than was at all necessary. I think between that, today's events, and the Santos election, we're just... We're just not looking like we're ready for prime time. We're just not. We don't look like we deserve to win. We did win. We did deserve to win, but we ain't looking like it. And I don't think we're acting like it. If you have a different view, I'm open to it. I really am. Because I don't quite understand it. I'm Seth Leaps, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John Dombrowski is the founder and president of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website is grandcanyonplanning.com. He's also the host of his own radio show, heard here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth, and he brings us our culture and economy update. John, happy Tuesday. Happy New Year. Well, thank you very much. I hope you had a great weekend. I did. Thank you so much. Um... Stocks look down a little bit. I don't know if it's Apple or Tesla or both that were leading in that problem. Well, that was They were both contributing to. Contributors yes. to that. And as you know, I'm always, interesting when, always interested when major companies of great fame um, go south a little bit. 
And yet, Steve Moore was doing some interesting uh, crunching in kind of your field. Mm-hmm. Um, t- tell us what tell us tell us what Steve was doing, or unless you want me to summarize it. Oh, tell us just, what you just give me a highlights and uh, yeah. I'll, so I'll, even if stocks didn't have great couple of decades, mm-hmm. they still way outperform returns on Social Security. The conclusion is this. If workers had been permitted to simply invest their Social Security taxes mm-hmm. in private 401k savings accounts, a 65-year-old retiring today would receive more than twice the monthly benefit that Social Security pays. Right. And that, that in, in that's your world. Yeah. And that to me is uh, it's an accurate, accurate statement. The challenge with that, Seth, is, is that would that person have done that? Right. Right. That's right. that's the magic question. Maybe most of the population would have. But to be consistent with that, if you're cons- uh, consistently working and you would have consistently taken whatever that tax would have been and invested that for your future, you would have outperformed what social security benefit would have, would have been. Um, and, and I, you know, I've a proponent of that. Uh, but I would say that oftentimes people come across scenarios maybe where they're having a little financial yeah, difficulty yeah. Yeah. and they can't invest right. maybe for a period of time or, so I do believe a blend of both is good now do, or an option. To, How about or an, an option? option. A yes. mandated option. Yes. Or if you want but if you want to get into the, uh, conversation about, who could be better at investing your money, the government or you? Or you. Uh, you know, or me. <laughs> yeah. Then I could have, you know, I have a definite opinion on that, right? Uh, I would rather control my own destiny. And I believe many people would as well. And I think, as you said, maybe at some point there should be an option if someone wants to opt out of this. But if they do, then what do we do if someone is in a position to where they have nothing when they retire? Then do they go on the government, you know, uh, Payroll. Yeah, Payroll again. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. This is a tough one, Seth, but I the numbers don't lie. If you do the calculations, all of what was said is accurate, but um, it's that's a tough one. I've, ne- I've never understood why you couldn't give people the choice. I've just never understood that. I guess it's a political third rail of well, sorts because yeah. we get the government wants money to, yeah, you know, <laughs> exactly to be able to do what they do to spend. Yeah, of course they do. But then again, the philosophy being if people are doing better with their individual portfolios and industries are invested in it with their portfolios, the government would do better over the long yeah. term as well, one yeah. would hope, under yeah. the notion of, of, of growth. One you would, would hope. hope. And one it, have seen, we have seen that, by mm-hmm. the way, when we did things like cut capital gains. We have seen right. that kind of right. – we have seen revenues go up. Right. And I would also say, too, is if there was a way for – uh, the average person out there to take emotion out of investing. That's where a lot of mistakes are made, Seth, when yeah. emotion is involved. Yeah. So working with an advisor oftentimes is a way for you to take that emotion yep. out of it. Yep. Right? What? Now, I'm not saying that I don't get emotional about, about things, but uh, when it comes to my clients... You take and, it on. You take accounts, on the emotion. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I, I can help you know, balance out that emotion and look at things a little bit more logically um, and help people uh, get to a point to where they can hopefully 
feel comfortable and confident with the with the investments that they hold. Yeah, that they're going to help them reach that financial goal they're looking to do. Yeah, it's like what a good lawyer can do for a client who might be under some 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 pressure. Let the yeah. lawyer take the pressure. That's what yeah. you do. Speaking with, I heard that Sam uh, Bankman Fried. Yeah. he he uh, pled not guilty today. Yeah, I saw. Interesting. that. Interesting. <laughs> I saw that. Um, I think that's going to go go bad for him. Yeah, I I think so too, and it's going to probably, uh, hopefully, if the trial bears out, expose a lot of yeah a lot of what the Democrats had been accusing Republicans of for many years without a lot. I mean, I just he 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 is the Democrats guy. Mm-hmm. He's the Democrats guy. Well, thank yeah. you, John, as yeah. always. Well, Happy New Year to everyone you out too. there. It's time to take a serious look at things and uh, make some maybe some uh, changes for 2023. Thank you, sir. Securities and advisory services offered through Creative One Securities LLC, a member of FINRA, typical and investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. All right, Thank John. Yourself. I am Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you are concerned with the stock market's volatility and would like to put some of your money in a portfolio with a high rate of return, a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market, that's where Y-Refi comes in. It's uh, a portfolio where you know what each monthly statement will look like and no surprises. You can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, and no loss of principal if you need it back at any time. Time. It's a secure, collateralized portfolio that delivers an up to ten and a quarter percent rate of return, ten point two five percent. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest the letter Y then R E F Y dot com, or call them at eight 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 Y Refi thirty four. That's eight 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 Y Refi thirty four. Clark is in surprise. Hello, Clark. Hi, Seth. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Oh, uh, I guess I'm okay. The country's been better. Yep. Yep. I. That's that. Let me ref, let me let me take your answer as mine. I'll, you had a better answer than I did. I'm okay. My country's sick. Yeah, pretty much. Anyhow, my uh, compromise candidate is Newt Gingrich. It's interesting. So yeah. So let me remind the audience that there's no rule or law that says the Speaker of the House has to be an elected member of the House of Representatives. That's, that's, that's what you're talking about, right, Clark? Exactly. It, can, it can, be, can be anyone. Uh, it might even be able to be someone who's not even eligible to be Speaker uh, or Congressman. I, they may not even have to include the age requirement. Um, <laughs> the only problem with that, <laughs> I don't know if you heard his audio over the weekend, is he's fuming mad at the people not willing to put McCarthy up for it. So, <laughs> you know, we got <laughs> every the per, the people Clark that were that you want in this case in this case in this case Gigrich and the people that Matt Gates wants Jim Jordan they want McCarthy. <laughs> That's the only problem. <laughs> Yeah, that's I know. the problem. But I do. But you do make an interestingly. Um, I don't know if this was the point you were, you, were, you you intended to make or not. But I will tell you, um, you know, when Newt Gingrich became speaker for the first time in 1995, this about this time in 1995, um, I remember at the time he he gave one of the most powerful speeches. Uh, any Republican has ever given in the House of Representatives and ushered in a brand new era of conservative energy and intellect and power 
um, in the House of Representatives on Capitol Hill. Yeah, he had a bigger win than uh, McCarthy or whoever would be boasting. But the power of, you know, the power and force of of intellect and rhetoric should not be understated. And I I miss that. Newt had other problems. Um, Newt probably had to go for the reasons that he revealed himself as being so flawed. But for a couple, three, four years, he gave you a reason to be a Republican. That's what I like to say about what Newt Gingrich represented at the time. He gave you a reason to remember he would send out those tapes people would listen to into their cars. He gave these speeches on why the Republican Party was worth your your vote, worth your support and worth your energy and your vote and uh, and your and your um, and your and your ideology. He was he was he was a great spokesman on behalf of the conservative cause. We don't have a lot of that right now. I mean, who do you look around to in the Congress and say that they can do that? Um, no one. Yeah, I really, very of. few. Yeah, very few, very few. Um, maybe maybe there's a senator or two who can do it. Uh, I mean, Jim Jordan is a great pugilist. He's a great investigator. He's a great inquisitor. Maybe he can give some great speeches. I, I haven't seen it. I've got, yeah. yeah, I don't think he has the charisma. Yeah, yeah he doesn't have what Newt had, a tremendous amount of learning and rhetoric and brain power. Yeah, that's, well, I, I think, you know, Newt has the, has the bona fides. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, ha- he has the intellect. Yeah. He has the wisdom yep. that, that age has given him uh, to not make some of the same mistakes. And I think... Uh, he could, just by force of personality, rally everyone together. <laughs> Here's, as long as we're as long as we're dreaming, Clark. <laughs> I wonder if the law would provide for Ron DeSantis to serve both as governor of Florida and speaker of the House. <laughs> I don't know if the Florida not. laws would allow it. The house the house laws don't prevent it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe we could re- resurrect Ronald Reagan. Well, it, it, that might be a trickier trickier deal. That might be a yeah, trickier deal. Might be. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I take the point. Well, and you know, it's a it's a point I did Thank you, Clark. I did. I, I did do this uh, with Bill Bennett. I won't play this uh, part with you if I do play some excerpts from my interview with him. But but I did talk with him about um, on his podcast. We did talk about the ability to have leaders who give people a reason to be a member of that party. Um, I don't think Joe Biden gave anyone great reasons to be Democrats. He was basically someone who who was just not the Republican. Um, and and I can't I don't even know if Hillary Clinton gives great speeches. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a Democrat who gave speeches that made you kind of think that the Democrats had a point or if you were a liberal reasons to cheer and rise up. You know, very few did um, in the 80s. Maybe Mario Cuomo, not Andrew, but Mario, um, maybe Jesse Jackson. I know many of you will get mad at me for saying that. Trust me, uh, there's no one who dislikes him more than I. But if you are fair and go back and look at his speeches at the DNC conventions in the 80s, they they <laughs> they made you work if you weren't on his side. He 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 was a he was a powerful spokesman for the liberal left cause. Um, I, do the Democrats have people like that now? I haven't heard one in a really, really long time. Um, who can give those stem winders 
Has rhetoric fallen so far? I don't think it has. We know there are great conservative spokesmen out there. We know there are great conservative rhetoricians out there. But the point I was talking about with Bill is, you know, if we're going to reclaim and recover this country, we have to reclaim and recover this party. And if we're going to reclaim and recover this party, the party needs to do a better job of recruiting better candidates, much better candidates. I mean, you know, uh, our losses for the most part, were small, um, even assuming zero fraud, uh, even assuming zero shenanigans, even assuming zero censorship by big tech and rogue elements of the government, our losses were still fairly close, fairly small, which makes those rogue elements and those interferences all the more painful and all the worse because they could have made the difference. But with better candidates, you know— I probably don't agree with him on on everything, but Hugh Hewitt used to say something, which is, you know, if it's if 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 it's not close, they can't cheat, and the only way to not make it close is to have better candidates. We just need to do a better job of recruiting. Something I, we all know someone who would be a great Republican leader, don't we? Or at least a great a great Republican representative. We all probably know more than one or two. Well, it's our party's job, it seems to me, to go recruit them. And start having Republican elections in the primary that look like Democratic elections in the primary, which is to say, no primary. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you're looking to... Protect some of your investment um, from the ravages of what looks like is going to be an unremitting and unrelenting left-wing agenda from the White House. Think about protecting it with gold and other precious metals. The Biden regime is pressing ahead with its agenda, ignoring the growing signs of recession and inflation. But gold holds its value when economies fail, guarding against those ravages. Talk with the good folks at the Midas Gold Group. They're veteran-owned, and you can check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com, or better yet, call them at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Linda's and Gilbert. Hi, Linda. Hi there. How are you? I love your show. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. I like the uh, intelligent approach to the news. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we do our best. <laughs> we do our best. Yes, you do. Um, I just... Uh, the reading that I've done, and it just seems that there aren't enough swing voters that are ever going to choose the type of the type of conservative <laughs> party that you and I support. The, yeah, the type yeah. of conservative that you and I support. Yeah, right. And I heard one on your other one of your other shows, one of your commentators, and I'm sorry I don't remember his okay. name, but. He was speaking about how we need our a little better and how we need what I, I just missed what you said how we need to do what a little better Linda pick our battles oh, uh-huh, a little uh-huh, better uh-huh. and and I think he was saying abortion was something we shouldn't be talking about and then you lose the conservatives and so I I just I'm, I'm, and you concede every liberal point uh, you know I Linda yeah. I, I I let me tell you I. I think our hearts and minds might be in roughly the same place, but I, I, you know, this is exactly what was said about the nomination 
of Ronald Reagan. This is exactly what was said about the um, the uh, the contract with America of 1994. You don't appease doubters in your agenda. You convince them. And, you know, with the right candidates who know what they're talking about and aren't afraid of those issues, you go and get them. Um, and well, and, and side, you convert them. We are in or should be in not the concession business, but the conversion business. Well, perhaps, but I just know we went through two years where everybody just towed the line and, and jumped in and did whatever the government told them to do. And that doesn't sound like a personal who's thinking for themselves. Uh, well, I agree with you. And Winston Churchill said it's awfully hard to look up to a leader who has his ear to the ground. Be a leader. Find someone who's not afraid of the agenda, believes in it themselves, can articulate it, and can convince people. We know people who have convinced others of our argument. Every radio—well, I don't know about every, but I think a lot of hosts on this channel have convinced people to think a second time. It shouldn't be that hard in the matter of the business of our politics. It's about conversion. Otherwise, why have elections? Linda, bless you. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.